welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the beautiful checked shirt, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 131. We've got a week's worth of club news to review, including a transfer window that closed. We've played, and spoiler alert for you here, at one, two games since our last episode. Uh, so we're going to review them and hear your views. And finally, joining us in this week's episode as our co-host, special guest, Vice Chairman, Mr. Kent Teague. Welcome back. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. Hello, welcome back. So you've, you've been here a couple of weeks now. Tell us what you've been up to in that couple of weeks. You've, you've had quite a busy packed agenda. Yeah, you? lots of different things. Uh, been to visit uh, some primary schools, been to some secondary schools. Uh, had the chance to work with a class where they uh, interviewed me, and then they got the chance to be interviewed by me. Oh, how did that go? they didn't expect. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> did they and, ask the difficult questions? Uh, they did, but I asked them the, the most difficult question, which is, what do you think about Donald Trump? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a and they, and they weren't, no, nobody was ready for that question. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's really ready for that question. Uh, so it was it was uh, it was fantastic. Uh, a lot of different community events. We're going to talk about some of them. Uh, business events. Uh, I've uh, been on holiday, according to my wife in Halifax and Dover, <laughs> and uh, so it's been a places. fantastic. It's been a fantastic week. Yeah, to be in Leighton. Packed. Yeah, a couple of weeks Action actually. Packed. Yeah, great. So that's a lot of the stuff with the schools is through the trust, and I yeah, understand your trust. wife's been involved with that as well because she yeah. came over for the first week, right? Yeah, she has. She's been a part of the pen pal program, and now the pen pal program include includes uh, a little over six hundred. Uh, kids both here wow. and in the U.S. that are writing letters back and forth. In fact, I've got a uh, kind of a briefcase, if you will, uh, my, in my bag. I've got a bag full of letters to take back to the U.S. from the Amazing. from the kids here in the U.K. So, and we just started that program. Neil Taylor and Chris, my wife, just started that program at the really a little bit after the beginning of the season. So it's already got a number of schools here and a number of schools there and. A lot of a lot of really amazing interaction between the kids. It's great. It's, it's just so much fun. Given the digital age that we're in, and all kids know how to sort of thumb scroll through Correct. an iPhone or an, or an Correct. iPad or digital mm-hmm. device, and that it's really quite impressive and amazing. Actually, that children are actually going back to not old fashioned. That's probably not the right word, but. Mm-hmm you know, traditional methods of communication, the, i.e. writing a letter and mm-hmm. waiting for a response to come back. It's amazing. The teachers want them to write, to physically write, yeah. as opposed to type or text or or anything like that. And so we're really sort of targeted at year three, year four, and year five for the Pen Pal program. The children are old enough to be able to construct a sentence, write a paragraph, things like that. They're not so old that they think it's crazy that you don't text or just email uh, or Snapchat or whatever they decide to do. And then for the younger children, the year ones and some of the year twos, it's a little bit difficult for them to write an entire page Page. of of letter just from a a fine motor skill perspective. So, um, yeah, it's been a great, it's been very successful. and we're, We're really looking forward to seeing what happens with that next year. And then... You know, Neil's very creative. My wife's very creative. So I'm sure they'll come up with some more great things for the kids to do (laughs) together. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Great initiative. I I can tell you this. There's nothing like, there's nothing quite like facing uh, an hour and a half of Q&A 
from a year three class. What sort the of questions, questions would they ask? Well, like everything everything you can imagine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Including my favorite pet and all, just all kinds of stuff. Love it. What kind of car I drive? So innocent. How big is our house? You know, <laughs> do you have a pool? Why don't you have a Ferrari? You know, you know all that kind of stuff. So okay. it's great. Yeah. Gonna have to ask it now, aren't I? What's your favorite pet? <laughs> Well, do, you have, do you have a pool? Uh, yeah, I have a pool. Uh, we got a pool. We got quite a pool. Um, I want a dingo now since I went to Australia, so you're not supposed to have dingoes. But, uh, you know, they want to know dog or cat. I prefer a dog. Um, but we have great cats. So, But, you know, just that kind of stuff. Lovely, it's just, yeah. It's just, just everyday stuff. And, and they're so excited by the question and they're so excited by the answer. Yeah. It's just they're, they're fascinating. And the, you know that's that. You, those are those. That's that age where everything's why. Why is that way? Why? Yeah. Why? 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 So it's great. Awesome. It's great. It's fantastic. So supporters club updates. Then there's two new trips to tell you about. Firstly, filed on Saturday, the 17th of February. So coaches for this one depart the supporters club at 8 a.m. So a very early start for this one, which is a 3 p.m. kickoff. The cost is 32 pound for adults and £29 for concessions. And the second trip to tell you about is Chester on Tuesday, the 20th of February, which is a midweek game. Coaches for this one depart at 1pm from the Supporters Club, and the game kicks off at 7.45. The cost is £27 for adults and £24 for concessions. There's a £3 surcharge for non-members for both trips, and you can book in the two normal ways at the Supporters Club, at home games, or by calling the travel line on 07722. 135970 and please remember that those prices do not include your match day tickets. Absolutely. Supporters Club quiz. The next one is going to be held on Sunday the 18th of February at 6pm. There are still spaces for six teams. It's only £8 a head with a maximum of eight people per team uh, with food included in the price. So what an absolutely great deal that you're getting there. Uh, the raffle money will be going towards the uh, Haven House charity. Uh, Lee Deering, who's organising this, is trying to raise the money and he's also going to be running uh, the London Half Marathon for them as well so for an absolutely outstanding cause as well so please get in touch with Lee to enter a team it doesn't matter it's up to eight people so you can go as two or four uh, if you like and I'm sure I believe the ladies team have got a team going I think there's some staff going and other fans as well it's going to be a cracking evening contact uh, at gorillas g-o-r-i-l-a-z 1985 on twitter or email lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk or if you're in the supporters club you can speak to Simon or Lee himself uh, on a match day. Yep, so a bit of AOB then. So her happy 49th birthday to Julian Lillington, who turned 49 uh, on Saturday, the 3rd of February. So happy birthday, yep. Julian. I'm yes. sure you uh, had a good one in Dover. Happy, happy birthday to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Great stuff. And yep. we've also had a message from Janine Adelman who says, Hi guys, want to tell you and the Orient community that a fourth generation O's fan was born on January the 1st. Our beautiful great-niece Lily, daughter to journalist and forever O's fan uh, and long-suffering O's fan as well, James Masters and his wife Hannah, and they plan to get her to a game quite soon. So James and uh, Hannah, congratulations to you both, and we hope that you are all having a fantastic time with your new arrival. Thank yep. you very much for letting us know, Janine. So Energy Bet competition in, so we mentioned it uh, on last week's podcast, we've teamed up uh, with Energy Bet and we're running a comp uh, for you to win a squad-signed home shirt, and all you had to do uh, to enter the competition was two simple things, by retweeting the original competition tweet, and then DMing us your Energy 
bet account name and we'll be announcing the winner of that competition on next week's podcast so stay tuned for that one yep we're also uh, letting you know about play with a legend is back it's that time of year to start thinking about that uh, it's going to be at Brisbane Road for the third year on Thursday, the 10th of May. Team captains this year, Gary Alexander and John Mackey, they're returning. But newly added to the lineup this year is Leighton Orient legend Matthew Lockwood, personal favourite of mine. Hattrick legend. <laughs> Hattrick legend, goal scoring, dead ball specialist Matt Lockwood. Uh, the first ex player that we interviewed for this very podcast in we this did. very room. So uh, delighted about that. Uh, places are going really, really, really quickly on this one uh, I had a look myself yesterday um, so get in nice and early playwithalegend.com forward slash 2018 dash Leighton dash Orient is the website to go to uh, and here's the best part at the checkout if you type Outlook you will receive 5% off the price so we're giving back to you <laughs> saving you 5% I like it I like so it. get involved there haven't done this twice before I'd highly recommend it although I wouldn't recommend scoring in your own net <laughs> as I done last season <laughs> whose team were you on? Gary's no Lisby super Kevin oh, super Kevin he didn't give you any grief for it or anything did he? just a tad oh, just a tad there. but a really great experience playing on the Hello Turf of Brisbane Road um, it's just amazing and you, you know you get let out by the celebrity of your choice and you get to experience the whole dressing room uh, scenario pre-match chat pre-match warm-up warm up, and there's people out in the crowd and they play to you on a taxi as you come out so we were cheering for you if I remember last time we were like your fan club yeah the, the first right game I had about 10 or 12 people watch me second game no one which is why I scored <laughs> the only goal but um, yeah, I saw a great it. experience a great experience really highly recommended so that's um, the beginning of uh, you know the sort of catch up really on everything. So now we go to the week that was. So we start with Coulson Monday on the 29th uh, of January. It was an early start for us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers as we as we received a five minute voice message from Leighton Orient Chairman Nigel Travis. Uh, it was meant for episode 130, unfortunately, but um, we'd recorded and uploaded by then, so we put the message out separately. So it is on our soundcloud.com forward slash orient hyphen outlook page, um, and you can go and check it. It's also on iTunes as a standalone uh, episode, so make sure that you check that out. And a massive thank you to Nigel for sending that to us. Uh, it's really worth a listen um, if you have just five minutes. Yeah, it was great to wake up to a Monday morning message. Nigel Travis voice memo. I'm like, what? What is this? I'm like, oh my God. Couldn't <laughs> believe really it. Really good, absolutely. Uh, also, on Monday, it was a happy 33rd birthday to one of the home and away vloggers, Mike Brown. So happy birthday, Mike. I'm uh, sure you had a good one. I'm sure you was probably in Dover as well to celebrate at the weekend. I think he might have gone to Halifax, actually. I'm not sure. Probably. Don't hold me to that. Um, later on, on uh, Monday the 29th, the club announced that an AGM is going to be held uh, at 3pm on Sunday the 29th of April. So calling all shareholders, really. I'm sure you're all aware of it, but uh, if you're not, Sunday the 29th of April, it's the same day as the Starman Award, so a very memorable date uh, indeed. Kent, you're going to be there I'll as be well. There. Yeah. Nigel will be there too. AGM and yeah. Nigel's going to be running it, is yeah. that right? Yeah, Nigel will be running it. Great, yeah. okay. So format to be to be confirmed, I guess, yeah. really, at yeah. this stage, yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Tuesday, the 30th of January, the O's made the long trip to Halifax away, so the team was announced with Dean Brewer and goal, defence made up of Caprice, Coulson, Happy and Ella Kobe, midfield of Adams, Clay, McEnough and Karoma, with Holman and Bon up front. Subs for this one, Sam Sargent, Lamar Reynolds, George Moncur, Dave Mooney and Matt Harold. 
Yeah, two changes from the starting 11 that played against Aldershot as Ebu Adams comes in for the suspended Alex Lawless to make his league debut for us. And Josh Caroma comes in for the injured James Dayton. Freddie Moncur and David Mooney are included on the bench. Good to see Monks on the bench as well. Yeah, really good. So your views on the on the squad? Yeah, for me, really, as you would expect, I really look forward to hearing, because uh, I couldn't make it, about what Adams, Ebu Adams is about and hoping that Josh Caroma puts... Uh, puts a shift in um, to ensure that he has a place for Saturday because we know when he does uh, put a shift in how good he really is. Good to see Freddie Moncur, as I say, on the bench. Quite an attacking bench as well, but obviously with that comes the concern as a lack of dis- defensive options. Yeah, good point. Because obviously we're only allowed five on the bench. It means we're slightly limited. Yeah, for me, team I expected really. You know, I thought um, Adams would come in for Lawless and I thought Corona would come in. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I did put. But I would have liked to have seen Reynolds start. Uh, like Saturday, a very attacking bench with Harold and Mooney ready to come on if called upon. I think you also noted the ex-Orient midfielder Michael Collins, who was the Orient Outlook Podcast Player of the Year last season. He won the public vote. Was uh, yeah starting for Halifax. For those that will remember, he left us to take up the youth. Uh, academy position at Bradford yeah. uh, for whatever reason he then decided that maybe that wasn't the route that he wanted to stay down and has then signed uh, for Halifax so uh, we had a, a number of tweets in about this but we've just got uh, three here to talk about so we're only going to read a couple of them out uh, Alan uh, Gollidge has tweeted in saying very much the team I expected let's hope Adams can outmuscle Collins in midfield as I think this is where it will be won and lost. Yeah, good point. At Orient Sphincter, it says, it'd be good to see what Adams can do. Lawless only has one good game in about five. I hope Karoma shows what he can do also. It's a good enough 11 to take the maximum points, so let's hope we execute it. Yeah, good insight there. Orient underscore Viking said, Karoma needs to show up tonight. Very well playing against uh, Bogner and Haringey, but looked out of depth in league games. Needs to repay Justin Edinburgh's faith in him tonight. So the match kicked off on a cold night in Halifax. Kent, you were there. Was it, was. it cold? It <laughs> was. Yeah. It was. It was cold. Yeah. But it was great. It was great. Yeah, well, we're going to come no on to No spoiler alerts for me, but it, was, it turned out to be great. I think I did that, go that the way. <laughs> so in just the eighth, eighth minute, a quick free kick sees Adams, Clay and Holman link up well before Karoma's shot is well held by Johnson. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. 16th minute, Casolo, if you remember him, he ran us ragged at Brisbane at Road. Great yeah, little player. Great that little player. That he did, yeah. He was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, he put a free ball in for Tutan. And that was gathered uh, by Dean Brill. And in the 18th minute, that little man again, Casolo, shot over from 25 yards. So it sounds like pretty open game in the first 20 minutes with both teams having a few a few chances. Yeah, but then just a minute later, the O's take the lead as a move that starts in midfield with Craig Clay finding Holman. Played a perfectly weighted through ball to Macaulay Bond and finished from just inside the box uh, to give us the lead. And I bet, yeah. Very. It was, it was a perfect through ball. There's no doubt about it, yeah. It was. As soon as he was way. coming into Holman's path, you see him look up and you see Bond already making his run Absolutely. around the back of the defender. Right. And Holman's played that right. perfectly. perfectly. So perfectly by, the time, mm-hmm. by the time Bond has come to strike it, he's not even had to touch it. It's weighted perfectly. And a great finish there from Bond. And another goal for young McCauley, who's having an outstanding, Standing terrific season. season. Absolutely. But, but that level of understanding between two strikers is not something that happens like that. Agreed. It's something that happens over time. So the fact that... And I think it was brought up at post-match presser against Aldershot. Um, their understanding, like even McCauley said, like, yeah, all right, we've only known each other five minutes, but you just click, right? And yeah. it just works. And when it works, it's mm-hmm. it's it's it fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and at Biffo Props uh, tweeted in saying, excellent advantage played by the referee from the challenge. Good goal as well. More zip and urgency 
about the side. Yeah, so great start there from Yo's. We were well on top in the 22nd minute. It was almost 2 0. As McEnough found Clay in the box, and his shot was saved by Johnson before Holman and Karoma saw their follow up efforts blocked. So, good spell here for the O's, trying to get the second and kill the game off effectively. Yeah, but in the 26th minute, a brilliant free kick, uh, sorry, a brilliant kick from Brill uh, to McEnough, who crosses first time for Macaulay Bond, who headed over. And we were very, very close there to doubling our advantage. But in the 33rd minute, I guess we've seen it a bit too often this season. Seemingly out of nowhere, Halifax back in the game as Denton, the big man, strikes home from close range after a low cross, cross was played into the box from the right. I think he found his way into the middle. And Denton, it was a good finish to be fair, but probably had a bit too much time and space in the box. Mm. And Brill, I thought, had no chance without one. And Halifax back in it after we'd had a few good chances after going one up. Yeah, um, 38th minute, a quick counter from the OC's Macaulay Bomb play Dan Holman through, so a reverse of the earlier, but his strike unfortunately misses the target. And for me, I think, as I probably just mentioned earlier, it sounds like Bond and Holman linking up really, really well, but while it's early days, they seem to be getting a very, very good understanding uh, of each other's game, which will only benefit us. Yeah, and in the 39th minute, we reset the lead, so we weren't level for long, so we made it 2-1. As Josh Karoma received the ball on the left of the Halifax box, he cut in and then got a low shot away under the keeper's body and 2-1 and really happy for Josh obviously he came in against Aldershot on Saturday if you listen to the last episode quite a few tweets were quite critical of him and quite rightly so at points he had quite a great game but he done really well good finish and hopefully he kick starts his season from here it goes and gives give him the confidence to go and do it more often you know, yeah. get himself into those shooting positions and score goals basically yeah absolutely uh, in the 42nd minute Halifax go close as a cross from the left misses uh, uh, and comes into Josh McDonald who draws an effort across the face of goal and eventually goes out wide yeah and the two minutes of additional time are played and in the first minute of that time it really should be tall as Halifax got around the back Tuton put in a low cross and somehow Denton who'd scored earlier missed a tap in at the back post for Halifax bit of a massive relief there that we'll be going in Two and up after having the better chances yeah. of the game. So, very happy with that one. So, half time was 1 2 1, and we were leading. And good to see Bond get another goal and one for Karoma. So, tenths announced at 1,352 with 133 brave, loyal, dedicated souls making that journey. Crazy. Amazing. Yeah, it, was, it? it was great. For it such short fantastic. notice for a rearranged game as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that, yeah, that's that's a great, great. effort. Yeah. I think that's something that's been sort of quite a testament and probably vindicates your sort of involvement that the, you know, the away travelling support, never mm-hmm. mind at home, um, is that you know, the belief in the team. I don't know if I should say this out loud, so I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Controversial moment. Martin, Martin Ling uh, said to me that this miss at the end of the first half was at director range which means he thinks any of our directors could have scored from that wow. range wow. <laughs> wow, I mean it was le- it was literally yeah. that close there, yeah. I, there's just <laughs> if, if we do that another thousand times he'll score Denton and I yeah. have a lot of respect for him um, because he is a very he's very skillful at what he does um, he he will score nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine times out of the next ten thousand times we do it. Mm-hmm. Every time he'll mm-hmm. score, just this one time it just I don't know what happened. 
It was amazing. Yeah, Lingy calls it director range. Yeah. I like it. That's cool. We're going to use that now. I like Thanks, it. Martin. But it was good to see, you know, Orient having that bit of luck, which has evaded us in most recent games. Yeah, the first so, half of the season, easily, yeah, where we they, they would take those sorts of chances. Um, absolutely. So, second half kicked off. Uh, no substitutions or changes uh, for Leighton Orient at half time, but just four minutes into the second half, Bon is almost through on goal, but for a challenge from Matthew Brown, who cleared the danger, and a minute later in the 50th, uh, Josh Caroma is fouled just as he was about to shoot. So it looks like we've started the second half with, with high intensity yeah. and great impetus there. I yeah, agree there. 55th minute, Bond spins and fires Clay on the edge of the box, who flipped the ball back to Bond, who got his shot away but it went wide. And two minutes later, it's Bond again as he found himself in the shooting position, having been cleverly fed in by Clay. But then Manmoyo cleared the danger. And like you said, a good first 10 minutes for Orient. Seemed like we were having a better chance of looking mm. to kill the game off to get the third goal and mm-hmm. to put us out of sight. Yeah, and then from 59 to 65, so just sort of six, seven minutes there, Halifax created a few chances uh, that came to nothing. Yeah, so six minute, Holman flipped the ball onto Bon, who fired at Johnson from a tight angle, but the keeper saved with his feet. That was a decent save there, to be fair to their keeper. Agreed. Yeah, yeah five additional minutes were added on, uh, but we see the game out um, with a 2-1 win, and we walk away with a vital three points that sees us leapfrog our opponents uh, in the National League. So it's great to see the video content that the club put out at the end of the game, Ken, and mm-hmm. a great photo of you and George Alicopi. What was it like when the final whistle went? Uh, it was thrilling. Um, it's just, it, it's so great when we win, especially because in the second half, uh, we managed the game very well. Our players played together really well. Uh, sort of took away the threat that they naturally are. Uh, they've got two very skillful players that play really well together. Um, and and it, we, I never really felt like we were severely threatened, you know, where you're yeah. just like, oh, wow, that was – I'm so glad we got out of that. It never was anything like that. It was like, well, that could have been a chance or that might have been pretty good. Um, and we had some pretty good chances too. We, we, I didn't think we were as threatening in the second half as we were in the first half, but we didn't need to be. We were managing the game. We were managing the clock. We were managing the flow. We were managing the tempo. We were doing all the things uh, that a team does to sort of grind out that away three-point win on the road. That's Great what we to were doing. Yeah. It was just, it was brilliant to watch. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was really nice to see, obviously, the players come up to the fans as well. Yeah. Lots of hugging, lots of yeah. embracing. Yeah. I think I even saw Josh Coulson yeah. kiss one of the fans <laughs> in the video. Oh, the elder lady. Yeah. I think so, yeah. 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 So, yeah. really she's, good. She's German. Is she? Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I talk to her every match. Um, what's great about, <laughs> what's great about our, our, our team and our side is that they feel very comfortable about being a part of the fans um, and, and interacting with our fans. 99% of our fans are extremely supportive and have an extremely deep, long, lifelong love of the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it is fantastic to be at the end of that line. And that's where I was for that picture with uh, George. Great. I, was at, I was at the I was at the very end of the I was at the end of the Congo line. We call it. <laughs> um, Brilliant. So Justin Edinburgh post match, uh, and these quotes are courtesy of uh, at Dulcet Dave Dave Victor. Uh, Justin was pleased with the fight and determination of the performance, and delighted with the result. He said, "We deserve that tonight." He went on to say, "We dominated for long periods. We moved the ball well and looked a threat going forwards, and a very good team performance tonight." 
in the first half we were slightly off defensively, their goal was poor, they could and should have had a second, and in the second half we dealt uh, with the ball when it went in the box far better. Yeah, and Justin, when asked about Karoma, he said that jo Josh had worked very hard, he had been patient on Saturday, but he didn't show what he's capable of. And I showed faith in him, and he certainly showed it tonight, but he has to start producing that on a consistent basis. So that means in the league table, we moved up two places to 17th as we'd played 31-1-9, drawn eight, lost 14 with a goal difference of minus seven, which puts us on 35 points. So your views on the Halifax Wednesday, Yeah, I think it's obviously going to be a bit of a given as to what I'm going to say, but absolutely tremendous result against a horrible team and a horrible little club. Because if you remember rightly, this is the replay of the postponed match, uh, last minute uh, postponed match. Everyone has put in a shift and a real big shout to Macaulay Bond who scored his 17th goal of the season. Uh, could he match Jay Simpson's 25 oh. in a season? That's going to be that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. He started off a bit like Jay. So he Jay did. in the first half of the season was scoring 20 five. goals. Second half of the season found it much harder to get goals. I think defence has got He's a bit wise to him and we changed the managers quite a few times. Scored so. 20 goals by Christmas and so, then... Yeah. And, and that's with the diamond formation, if I remember rightly. And then obviously was. Ian Hendon came in and changed it a bit and he wasn't getting... So Nolan. Nolan came in, changed it a bit and he wasn't getting as many, but he still scored 25, which is still a record. At the moment, that Bond looks like he will stop scoring. Nothing. Like you can't see... Transfer You can't see close. a manager change and you can't see anything really affecting Bond's place on the team. So hopefully yeah. Bond can keep up his scoring record. Yeah. Also, a huge well done to Josh Karoma on his goal and performance. And I hope he keeps this up and takes uh, his chance to shine and really show truly what he's all about. This result means we move away from the relegation zone and get our first win of 2018. So happy days there. Absolutely delighted uh, with this. And huge kudos to the 133 fans who made the long trip up there. You are real troopers. So on to Dover. Yeah, absolutely. For me, very decent win against a team who we need to be beating uh, to make sure we don't get involved in a relegation battle. And another attacking lineup that paid dividends for Justin, you know, as his team won. Great to see another goal for Bond. Like we said, he'll, he'll break that 20 goal barrier and probably will end up beating yeah. Jay Simpson's 25. I'm very happy for Josh after some criticism on the previous week. Sounds like we had the better chances and deserve to win by more. I really like Holman and I really like the fact he's already linking up with Bond to get goals. That first goal was a prime example of what hopefully them two can do at this level. And I yeah. think Holman, once he gets his first goal, and like we said earlier, he'll go on and start getting a hat full. Yeah. And hopefully now this gives us the breathing space from the bottom and we look to push on up the table. And another win will only be good to give us more confidence. Like you said, massive well done to the 133 fans who, who made the journey there. Absolutely. So those were our views. So we now move on to your views. And as always, we get a huge amount of feedback after a match. So thank you to everybody who's given us their views uh, on our social media accounts. And again, we try to read out as many possible. And just because we read them out, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with them, but we put them in for balance and perspective. At Kid Sampson O tweeted in saying, proper result that, considering the state of form of some of the other clubs around us, Hartlepool, Chester, Halifax, Maidstone and Barrow in particular, I think we should be avoiding relegation fairly com comfortably. Stay up ASAP and then get planning for a proper go next year. Yeah. At Orient underscore Layton. Mm. So it sounds like we don't have trouble creating chances, we just have to finish them. That's our first win of 2018. We look great on Saturday and unlucky not to get the win. But hope the win tonight kickstarts our season at a crucial time. 
Yeah, at Orient Fan TV tweeted saying, main thing tonight was to get those three points with Bond back scoring and hopefully now settle back four in place. Everything is possible. Let's now move up the table and clear of the relegation places. Garden Courtman said a great win. They beat us 3-0 earlier in the season. And as someone pointed out last weekend, we have played some tough teams recently, but now we have games against the teams close to us in the table. Onwards and upwards. Bradley Ackers95 said, Good to see a five-point gap between us and the relegation zone. And good the team that the team is scoring again. Four goals in two games is not bad need to focus on keeping clean sheets as we've conceded four goals in two games. Scotch Egg 87 says, I went to the game tonight and boys, in my opinion, Adams was immense. He did the dirty part of the game brilliantly. We've not really mentioned Adams, but a That's lot it. of uh, very a lot of uh, praise coming in for, for Adams. So really good to hear that. And it's often that the dirty work doesn't really get noticed that much. Those Don't who do notice. the mopping up in front of the back four, it's usually the strikers that do. So uh, good that uh, you notice that Scotch egg. And the final word this uh, for this match goes to at Essex Biz, who said a huge, huge win, and we won dirty, which is what we're going to have to do a lot of between now and the end of the season. Massive well done to the 130 fans that travelled. Massive effort of very short notice, and I hope Halifax looked after all of them. Yep, so do you agree or disagree with any of those tweets that we've read out? So if you do, let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or by emailing us at orientoutlook.com. Yeah, prediction league updates. Lots of correct predictions for this game. So well done uh, at EDWXST, at Grunt the Posty, at Gorillas1985. And at Les Bristow, who predicted 2-1. But an extra special well done to London Gary W, Ian Manny Rennie John, at PM31970, at uh, Keskin, at Jeladar, at Leighton Ori, at Jack Coates 14, at Wings Mad, at Orient Fan TV, at Orient Buccaneer, at Bill underscore Johnson UK, and at Lawton Gaps. That's a lot of people. That is who, a lot. Who predicted 2-1 and the correct goal scorer, giving them a bonus points. That's four points there. We're going to do a full prediction league roundup at the oh after the Dover game. Yeah, and in other news, young O Rossitorio scored just minutes into his Leverhead debut as they beat Hendon 4-1. So well done, Mr. Sotorio. <coughs> and it's great to see the youth now getting out. Obviously, <coughs> Pollock's there at Leverhead. We've got Michael Clark at East Farrock. Uh Toby Stevenson is at Haybridge Swifts, I think. So great to see all these young players going yeah, and learning a trade. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And from what Justin said, he's out watching and the and the teams are out watching them all the time, monitoring progress and getting reports back as well. Yeah, I can tell you from personal experience that uh, Justin is paying close attention to all the people that you've talked about because that has been discussed in in depth yeah. about how to make that work, what is best for those young men and how to get them games and how to get them developed. Absolutely. Great to see. Great to see. So moving on into Wednesday, the 31st of January, transfer deadline day. I'm sure a very busy dent for Mr. Teague's phone. And checkbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but first of all, a very happy 32nd birthday to Big George Elakobi. So well done, uh, yeah. to George, and happy birthday. birthday. And he bought loads of cakes and donuts, and I'm sure the um, nutritionist he... and scientific expert but... was, was not really enjoying that. <laughs> but he bought Sainsbury's own brand donuts into the. Wow. Uh, it's the lack of not having Duncan. It's not having Duncan <laughs> around, so he did what he could. And at 2 pm, the first uh, signing of the days, the club confirmed. The signing of 22-year-old, six-foot-four-inch centre-back Marvin Ekpetita from East Farrock United, who joins us on a two-and-a-half-year deal, but he will rejoin East Farrock United 
on a loan deal until the end of the season. In his interview with the club, Marvin said, I'm a centre-half and I win headers, really, and try to get the ball down and play when I can. So for you, interesting. You like yeah, I do. Sounds like a real solid signing for us for next season. If I'm not mistaken, I read or heard that he was a, a sort of full-time pro at Oxford, but then sort of fell out of there and then... Um, went to East Thurrock and you know our scouts have picked him up which is absolutely fantastic really for me glad that the club are looking forwards and looking for golden nuggets in non-league John Steele at Dagenham and Barry Fry at Peterborough do this extremely well um, and I was told that four other clubs showed very strong interest in him so really really glad that, that we managed to, to get that contract yeah, uh, get 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 him signed. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Like the look of him, I don't know so much about him, but for his age, he seems very well experienced. It seems to be very highly rated. So good to see us signing players, younger players with good reputations from lower down the league. So you know, a bit different to what we absolutely what we're used to. So really interested to see how Marvin gets on. So quite a few tweets came into us about the signing of Marvin. We just mentioned one by uh, at Nice Shot Steve, who said precisely the kind of long term thinking folks have been clamouring for. Certainly doesn't make ownership appear unambitious to me so nice little tweet there uh, from Nashville Steve yep um, wouldn't normally mention something like this um, because it relates to another club but it specifically um, refers to us in it at uh, about 6 o'clock FC Halifax Town tweeted a statement that said following last night's defeat to Leighton Orient it has been mutually agreed that Halifax FC, FC Halifax Town and manager Billy Heath will part company never like to see a man lose his job but agreed um, as it specifically refers to us, I thought it'd be worth mentioning. Yeah, and at 7pm, the club announced a second signing via a video, and it was the return of left winger James Brophy, who signed on a two-and-a-half-year deal from Swindon on a significant undisclosed fee. So James put up um, a note message on his Twitter feed and social media sites by saying, I'm extremely happy to be joining Leighton Orient. I thoroughly enjoyed my experience earlier in the season, and when the chance arose to come back, I couldn't turn it down. The feelings the fans shown were unbelievable to me in that short time. I can't thank the chairman and staff, and I'm sure, in brackets, Mr. Kent Teague as well, <laughs> within later for giving me this opportunity and thoroughly look forward to playing for you guys again. So a nice little message there uh, from James. Yeah, Martin Ling told the official website, during his first spell with the club, James impressed us with his professional and conscientious attitude as well as his ability on the football pitch, which is why we are delighted to have finally brought him back to the club. I spoke to Justin following his appointment in December and he was very aware of the player and was of the same opinion of myself, Ross Embleton, the coaching staff and the board that he is worth the substantial financial transfer fee. Um, so my views on that, his loan for me didn't really get off to the best start but in the last three or four games of his loan spell I do believe that we saw what he can do and for me I liked really what I saw. Um, with him on one wing and... <laughs> James Dayton on the other <laughs> wing. Uh, suddenly our midfield. Next season. Next season. Suddenly on that on. <laughs> I'll probably put the curse this is, on this him, is didn't a problem I? With reacting to news as soon as we see it and not checking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's written at, it's at, at the time. Uh, suddenly our midfield and attacking prowess has been boosted, uh, which is all a nonsense now, uh, as we'll come on to at a later point. And I feel he's just what we needed to really to push on. He can supply goals. Uh, for Bond and Dan Holman. He also, which I haven't written down, he does a defensive work as well, supporting Joe Widdison as well, yeah. which is going to be quite important. Yeah, for me, delight with the sign-in. It shows a real sign of intent from the club. But, you know, like you've said, he's done well in his last loan spell. Hopefully he can kick off from where he left off. I say, you'd think that James isn't here to be a squad player. You'd think he'd be in the starting eleven. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he goes on left wing does that mean Joey goes into the middle? And what does that mean for the right wing as well in terms of the dynamic yeah. of the midfield? So, 
really interesting signing, really good. And additionally, I did like the video uh, that the club done uh, where his shirt was up on the hanger and then he, he turned it around. around and it was Mr. Brophy himself. So, gosh, you, Mr. <coughs> T, happy with the signing of James Brophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our business done in the window. Um, we were speaking earlier about this. We've done quite a bit of business, actually, sort of with Josh Coulson coming in and some loan signings. Are you, mm-hmm. You're obviously happy with everything that's that, that's gone on. and. Well, our, our approach in the window was very clear. Uh, we asked Martin and Justin to focus specifically on the 18-month problem, not the six-month problem. So the six-month problem in our mind is um, how do we make sure that we do not uh, get relegated? That's the six-month problem. So let's make sure that we solve the six-month problem, of course. But how do we position ourselves from an 18-month perspective? And the signings that you're seeing and the way that we conducted our business in the transfer window was designed at a question of how do we prepare for challenges that we may face over the next 18 months and how do we look at it from a little bit longer-term view than just a very short-term window. And that, and and so we started that work uh, probably around December the first with Martin, and that continued all the way through up until the end of the window. So we were really working on the transfer window about two months with an eighteen-month uh, sort of sightline in view. It's great to see the signing of Coulson get done so early in the month as well. That wasn't that was, like, that was a very early announcement correct. in the month and really, really good to see him Great boost. down. Right. And that's 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 part of the strategy is to be active in the beginning um, and to be extremely proactive in the beginning, but then give yourself the flexibility to be reactive yes. yeah, yeah. at the end. So we were we kind of knew what we wanted to accomplish in the beginning and we knew what we we wanted to accomplish in the end and we think we got pretty much everything done that we wanted to get done. Of course, there are things that happen uh, near the end of the transfer window, and and like you mentioned here just a minute ago about your commentary, uh, and so there's always things that we're going to have to be tweaking. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's I guess yep. that's what you have the squad size and the squad depth for, isn't it? You know, Correct. Justin Correct. said he wants 22 for each position, which means if someone does get injured like Dayton, there's a replacement who can come in and fill that right. spot. But let, let me say this too: in the transfer window, we were perceived and wanted to be perceived in two ways. One, that we had a long-term view, not just a short-term view. And number two, that we were primarily a buying club and not a selling club. So we are looking for additions that make us better over that 18-month period as opposed to us being more of a club who's looking to, you know, maybe to unload certain pieces that maybe have tremendous value. That's not what we were doing. We were more of a buying club than we were a selling club, and we had a little bit longer view of what we were trying to accomplish than maybe some other clubs were in the window. Great to hear, great to hear. So a massive reaction uh, on Twitter uh, following the signing of James Brophy. So the first one from at Wadsey, who said, excellent signing, really happy with this. He was just showing his proper potential when he was recalled by Swindon, and I'm really excited and looking forward to seeing him play again. At Jack Coates 14 has a slightly alternative yeah. view on this. He says, am I the only person that is disappointed? Didn't perform on his loan spell and we actually coughed up money for this guy. We have we have enough cover in the wide areas and personally don't feel we need him. 
Really, QB Knight says, I don't mind the Brophy signing at all. Mid-table obscurity with a trophy final at Wembley this season. Push on properly for promotion next year. That will do me nicely. Nice one, Tom. There, Orient Boy says, Just think, a year ago, it was Rowan Lieberg coming in. What a difference a year, mate. Surprised nobody out the door, but I think another week or so before the loan window closes. Wow, Rowan Lieberg. That's a name. (laughs) So... Yep, Thursday the 1st of, of February as it stands now then. The window is now closed and it was an early start as the club held a networking session for local businesses titled Breakfast with Kent with the club's principal investor, Kent Teague. This event seemed to be a massive success with at LOFC Business tweeting that the next event will take place later in 2018. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it, <clears throat> it's the chance for us to interact with the business community um, a lot of different uh, Q&A questions about my business background, maybe some, you know, little nuggets of advice. I uh, got a question about Brexit. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great chance for business people to come together, uh, do some networking, have a little bit of a conversation about some things that we think are important, how we run Lake Norient Football Club from a business perspective and how that might could be applied, you know, for other people's businesses and then, you know, get their uh, their feedback on how they think we're running the club and that kind of thing. Not so much from a fan perspective, but from a business perspective. So it, it was a great morning, a really a fantastic morning. There were, I don't know, 60, 70 people wow. in attendance. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was great. Decent. Yeah, yep. first of many. Yeah, uh, by the yep, sounds of it. Yep. yep. So moving on into Moody Friday, the second <laughs> of February. So big loss for the O's is James Dayton has ruled out for the remainder of the season with a hamstring injury. A massive side in the background for Mr. T. Obviously, at the podcast, we wish James a full and speedy recovery. For me, gutted to lose James. He's been one of the standout players of the season for me. Yeah. And hopefully, get fit, get a decent preseason, and go flying for next season. We can't catch a break, can we? Uh, I guess not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Colson and Ella Kobe are back. How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he knows at the end of the day that he's going to be given the best possible care that, oh, is, that is out no, there no, no, and no. the team he that is. we have no, no. around oh, yeah. from a medical perspective, yeah. from a sports no. science perspective, rehabilitation. Sure. He knows he's going to come back fitter oh, and stronger uh, yeah. than ever, which from a player in the National League is, well, at any league, but particularly the lower down you go, well, Not the worse it gets, but the less support and um, what's it that you have around well, you, I well, guess. Well, we've had, we've had players in the past who have been injured, uh, who have been on loan, and you'll notice that they didn't go back to their club yeah. to be rehabilitated, Josh. that we did it. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're very dedicated to these young men that they develop and that they are taken care of. Um, and we want to be known as a club, National League or not, we want to be known as a club where people go, they play, and they are well taken care of. And not just the individual, but also their families and that we think about their families and we think about you know, things maybe a little bit differently. Uh, because these, these people have dedicated their lives uh, to developing skills that some of the rest of us will never get the chance to experience. And for us, that's a really important thing that they want to be here, that they want to be a part of our club, and that they feel like they're part of our family. Because in, in the way that I think of it, I do think of them being part of, their, 
part of our family. Their family is now a part of our family. And the reason I think of that is because you guys as fans and you guys have a club have been so receptive to me and my family being part of the family. So it's a give and let's continue to give model. Lovely. It's a lovely way yeah. of putting it. I guess this might sound a bit silly, but probably the perfect time for Dayton to get this type of injury. So it would rule him out at the end of the season. That means he gets the part of the summer off and he comes back for pre-season. If yeah. he picks up this injury in April, then he probably would have missed summer pre-season. pre-season. So this way he gets a full pre-season and can come back, hopefully, and kickstart our campaign next season. So we've got quite a few tweets on the back of this. At Caroline 13 B says, a great shame. What a blow. We did feel for him when he had to walk, stroke, hop, a quarter of the way round the edge of the pitch after sustaining the injury. Yeah, Dick Blenko said, sounds like George's shame as he was playing well. We've had some really bad luck with long-term injuries uh, lately. I think obviously he's referring to uh, George Elakobi's uh, injury, yeah. as he said earlier. And the Gorillas 1985 says, a speedy recovery to James. Two new fresh players with Charlie Lee coming back from injury will be ready for the promotion push next season. Now it makes sense why Brophy was bought in on deadline day so you know have, have I you said it's a happy coincidence that rather than a than a like for like but, yeah. <laughs> yeah well having Dayton and Lee hopefully get a full pre-season under their belts Lee especially will fall like a new signing into the building considering he's been missing for so much of the season so yeah. you know hopefully they have a good rehabilitation and come back Ready for next season? Yep, so moving on to yesterday, which is Saturday the 3rd of February. The under-18s didn't have a game, so we will go straight into the main event of the day, which is Dover away in the third round of the FA Trophy. You are rubbing your hands. Kent, you were in the county of Kent. Loved it. So, oh this is <laughs> the Garden of England, apparently. So uh, Yes, of course. Of I have a different course, view to that, but you well, know, I, know. I can't say it on a family podcast. Right. Some of us can't see what's really out there. That's okay. That's cool. okay. <laughs> Lovely. I guess when you You'll arrived okay. in Dover, you had no idea of the... Uh, drama that was awaiting you no I did pitch. not no Maybe I did not no you know, the, 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 the castle was up on the hill the white <laughs> cliffs were over there my wife thought I was on holiday it was just going to be a very calm day just a casual day casual very casual yes. but with the team lining but. up with Dean Brewing goal Caprice <laughs> Coulson and Ella Kobe and Widdison across the back uh, Adams, Clay, McEnough as captain uh, and Reynolds across the middle with Harold uh, and Bon up top uh, substitutes to Sam Sargent Happy, Brophy, Karoma uh, and Mooney that was probably not going to be a casual day for us Yeah, so Joe Wooderson returned from suspension so he started left back while Alec Hobie moved to centre back which meant that Dan Happy dropped to the bench Matt Harold starts in place of cup tied Dan Holman with Lamar Reynolds starting in the wing in place of Josh Caroma, who is named as a sub for this one, along with new signing James Brophy. So your views on that team, yeah, Mr. Levy? For me, a decent lineup. I think the back five are Justin's first choice, uh, which is why Happy takes a seat on the bench. I would agree with you on that one. I, yeah. think, I think a fully fit, when those four fully fit, or yeah. five, that is the chosen first choice. Back five. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Lamar Reynolds starts on the wing in place of Josh Caroma who is named uh, as a sub along with James Brophy and I think it'd be interesting to see what Lamar brings from a starting um, from a starting point as well yeah for me no surprises there really only one for me was that Reynolds started ahead of Caroma obviously Caroma got the winning goal but good that Reynolds gets a run out um, happy with the team though and quite a few options from the bench Dover started brightly uh, as it turns out, and in the second minute, uh, Galifuoco um, almost ca- caught out Dean Brill with a looping header, but Dean Brill managed to tip it over. And then in the fifth minute, Dean Brill had to be alert again as Jeffrey forces him into a good save as he tips a decent uh, shot wide. Yeah, that was a good save there so by Brill. We've done right there, actually. He had to be sharp right from the outset. So, 
Um, he was um, he was actually sort of well called on. Yeah, 12 minutes in, the first real chance for the O's as Adams wins the ball, drove forward, he put Howard in, but Howard shot and his shot was saved by the feet of Walker. Again, that was a good save. I think Howard done well there to get the shot away out of his feet, but their keeper done well. Yeah, we grew into the game over the next 10 or so minutes and in the 26th minute, Lamar Reynolds picked the ball up on the edge of the box, cut inside and curled an effort, but Walker made a great save. That was a really good save. I thought Reynolds hit that. And had it been an inch or two to the right of the keeper, that's going in. Excuse me. The last game that Reynolds played, I think it was his first game for us, he looked really sharp and not scared to shoot. He has quite a powerful shot on him as well, uh, which is great. 27 minutes on the clock, though Reynolds squares the ball and the ball bounces around the box in an almighty scramble that eventually (laughs) gets squared. And I watched that on the video replay. Uh, of that and that was like the like I think the club tweeted the scramble of all scrambles it really was that's a really accurate yeah. way to describe it weren't having the luck that we needed at this point in the game no uh, for 29th minute David won a free kick midway in the orient half Galafuco again headed the ball and another good save from Bill I noticed that both keepers were having pretty good matches at this point so on the highlights both of them doing really well uh, but in the 34th minute one of the keepers was beaten and I'm happy to say it was the Dover keeper as McEnough put a corner in Big George climbed above his man, squeezed it home to give Orient a 1-0 lead. Uh, for me, two goals in a week from George, or two goals in three games, both from McEnough Corners. Uh, a good little partnership developing there, the McEnough to Elikobi, and a good corner from Joby. Something that we didn't really see much under Steve Davis, goals from set pieces. We've never seen, historically, goals from dead ball play at Leighton Orient, period. Period. Well, this is a new thing for us that we score from a corner or a, or a free kick. It's it's not something that is common. And in fact, I, we used to sing ironically, "Score from a corner." We're going to score from a corner because we'd never score from mate from a corner. And here we are talking in a podcast about two in a week. Long mate, continue. Yeah, long absolutely. Mate continue. Were you in the Were you in the way in the whole the whole game for this one? I was. So what was your action like when? Because obviously you were behind the other goal. So what was, was it like when you see George run away, arms aloft? Uh, we're. Yeah. Uh, I've got. I've got like. A bunch of different words here so I've got to start picking them carefully because we're going to go through mayhem and madness and insanity and uh, oh, it's, it's, uh, to get the first goal must be quite a relief right see the challenge the challenge that I have is is that not knowing any better I probably just love it so much because for me it is so incredible what these people do and and it and and the reaction and oh it's just the fans and oh it's just it's yeah, there's not there's not words that really describe how great this is going to be because we got a few more to go so let's push on <laughs> okay. and then we'll get there let's yeah. buckle on. Let's, <laughs> let's buckle in buckle in because we're in for a ride <laughs> thirty nine minutes on the clock then almost an equaliser as Brundle's shot is just misses a touch. From Bird, and he misses the yeah, left post. close, that one. Very, very close, yeah, by millimetres. Mm, yeah. Very mm. close. 44th minute, Clay released Caprice down the right-hand side of the box, but Harold just couldn't get on the end of it. And then two minutes of added time were played. Uh, and in the first minute, Harold was released by Bond. He attempted to bundle with the ball in. And it looked like it was going in, but Josh uh, Parsley managed to clear the ball off the line, and the half-time whistle went, and we were 1-0 up. So. Yep. You know, we would have taken one at half-time, pretty decent half, good goal there from George, and we had been causing Dover problems at the back. Yep, so the match attendance wasn't announced, but I caught it in their match report okay. that said 1,016 
turned up for that. There was no mention of the away attendance, but rough guesstimates I saw were around the sort of six to eight hundred mark. Yeah. So that's quite a substantial away turnout. Again, second half kicked off though, no substitutions uh, for Orient. Yeah, and no idea of what the next forty-five minutes led in store. Right, One of the most dramatic halves, I would say, that I can remember as a Nose fan. You know, and we've seen some pretty dramatic halves over the last couple of years. So, 48th minute, first chance, the half is Pennock's deep cross, was met by Bird, but was straight at Brill. Yeah, then take a bow, Macaulay Bond, because in the 49th minute, we doubled our advantage when he picks the ball up with his back to goal. Around 30 yards out, he turns two defenders, looks up, sees he's in space, and he hits a beautiful curler nearly said cross, into the top <laughs> corner. Uh, I'm going to maintain that he meant that, but one or two others think slightly differently. But I think he meant it. On the video, you clearly see him look, look up. up. And if he has overhit that ball, <laughs> he's overhit it superbly because it's on in the top <laughs> corner. So I'm sure McCauley will tell you that's a goal. It's a top corner. He doesn't uh, care. Goal's a goal. Take a Whether it was meant as a cross or a shot is irrelevant to take him. Take an absolute bow. He's just happy just that it went in the back of the net. Do you have any thoughts or views on that? Or oh, should I don't care on? what you call it. What I call it is pandemonium breaks out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's man hugs <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, no, no. there were a lot of man hugs because Bond obviously runs into the corner. He does. He goes into the it. corner. And, oh, yeah, we're all yeah, we're going crazy. And at that yeah. point, you probably think, right, we're probably almost there. Just don't do anything silly in the next 10 minutes or you'll make it through. Agreed. Agreed. And in the 53rd minute, things get even better. As McEnough, well, another McEnough corner gets headed away to Elikobe, heads the ball back in, gets a bit congested in there, but Howell takes a touch, looks up, gets his shot away. And it's 3-0 and it's it. You're like, what is going on? It's 3-0, only 53 minutes gone. I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was listening to Dave and Matt and Matt shrills when we score. He's fantastic to listen to. And I just couldn't believe that we'd scored three. I was like, I had to sort of check that that was, yeah. that was right. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and you're thinking, right, you know, I think you've put Wembley firmly in our sights now, question mark. But at this point, you just can't, you can't even con- conceive that we weren't winning this game. But we're like Norwich fans and we know what it's like. So, you know, I've noted that even at this point, the most negative O's fans would probably think this game was already done and dusted. So 57th minute. Mm, how wrong they are. Dover pulled a goal back as they worked to move down the left. Pinnock drawed it in across goal. And Bird was out at the back post to tap it in and make it 3-1 and give Dover a lifeline. Now, we have quite different views of this goal because you think it was poor defensively, but I actually think it was quite a well-worked goal yeah. uh, that left Willison exposed and in kind of a no-man's land to give their man a back post tap in. Yeah, I, I think Joe switched off and probably didn't realise that there was a man behind him and he, he's probably thinking, I'll just let that run out. I don't need to take a touch, but there's a man behind him and he's not picked him up. So for me, that's a bit of a lapse in concentration. I thought the cross was one of those perfect crosses where it's in between the defence and the keeper and it's just quite hard to defend and they, they scored a decent It was a good pass. I've other fans who have said it's poor defending as well. So. Yeah, it, 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 don't get me wrong, the build-up play to that and then the ball going across was excellent, but we should have dealt with it, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Um, so, uh, 67 minutes gone, Lamar Reynolds is replaced by James Brophy. Reynolds had a very solid first half, but was slightly quieter in the second half, hence probably his need to be replaced. Yeah, and in the next 10 minutes, I think it's fair to say, we absolutely battered Dover and it is... At this time, you're thinking, well, we can afford to miss a chance or two here because it's 3-1 and they ain't getting back into the game. But, you know, 68th minute, a clever ball into the box by Adams. Almost he held made it four, but the ball bounced just in front of him as he was about to nail it and into the keeper's hand. So that was the kind of the first chance which went away from us. 
Yeah, in the 75th minute, Yo should be uh, should have put the game out of sight now as Harold released Bond, who has a one-on-one, but Walker made a very good save to deny him. It was a good save. Maybe Bond had a bit too much time to yeah. kind of overthink it, a bit of the Mooney complex, where he has so much time, he doesn't go with his natural instinct and ends up, you know, about a good save by Walker. There. Like, at least yeah. he hits the target. So, 76th minute, the following corner gets cleared to Adams at the edge of the box, and he has a volley, but that goes narrowly wide. Yeah, and then in the 77th minute, Brophy tries to release Harold. Walker's clearance is poor and falls to Bond, who has the chance to strike it from about, I think it was about 20 or 25 or about maybe 30, 30 yards. Um, he couldn't get enough power on it and his shot was easily saved uh, by the keeper yeah. at the 77th minute. 80th minute, then McEnough races down the right, cuts back to Bond, who shoots over the bar. So that was four chances to make it 4-1 in four minutes. And if any of those go in, it's 4-1 and a drastically different last 10 minutes to what we was about to encounter <laughs> um, <laughs> very tight lipped over there Ken um, in the 81st uh, minute no, Dover was, pulled another goal ground. I was on the ground I was on the ground a lot of that time at this point on in, my knees at this point <laughs> praying, in way praying. Praying. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that uh, we didn't score during that period at this point in the way end is there might, are people you know thinking what's the, what's the consensus at well, this point well because it's 3-1 everybody's just a little <laughs> nervous that we haven't just completely put yeah. it away <laughs> yeah and you know it's coming 81st minute Dover pull a goal back and make it a tighter match with 9 minutes left as a long ball forward uh, is headed away by Coulson in the box the ball falls to Pinnock who notices Brill off his line and fair play to Pinnock he lobs yeah. Brill superbly with the outside of his boat to reduce the deficit to just one goal and to leave us O's fans waiting for the inevitable as the score was now Dover 2 Orient 3 at this point is it just I'm thinking, turning into a very tense no at, so first goal unrest second goal second Dover goal what in America we would call crickets you familiar with the term I know you know the term cricket I'm talking about crickets no, no, it the, means very quiet right. all, the crowd is very quiet kind of like trying to figure Nervous. out where, <laughs> where, where are we going because uh, they have scoreboards at Dover which is great and you can see the clock right. and you can so, see the score and so, so crickets is what I, how I would describe it. Uh, we'll talk about something later, but right here, this is where everybody's just silent. Okay. So if we go for quite a jovial uh, stand, it's now crickets. Correct. As we- crickets. <laughs> <laughs> so in the 82nd Very minute, quiet. Matt Harold is replaced by Dave Mooney. Mooney. In the 83rd minute, here it comes. Dover grabbed an unlikely equaliser. after being 3-0 down. <laughs> Kent has his head in his hands as the cross comes in from the left. Daniels has a shot at the back post. It was well saved by Brill, to be fair. I thought that was a good save, but the yeah. ball came back out to Bird, who kept his composure, smacked it into the back of the net, and it's free all. I couldn't believe it. Genuinely shocked. I'm like, what is going on? We've had a 3-0 lead, and then they come back, and now we're 3 all. Typical Orient. Typical Orient. I think that second Typical. goal gave them the impetus and probably got the crowd back on their side to go and drive it. Yeah. But I didn't think they'd get it so quickly. So from being free up and seemingly cruising into the quarterfinals, yeah. it was now thrill uh, with seven minutes left to play. So then we got into the 90th minute, four minutes of added time are added, and could either side grab the winner to prevent a replay on Tuesday. Upstep my love, my David, my <laughs> Irish wonder man. <laughs> yes, Mooney. he did. He put us back in the lead with a real Mooney special. He gets the ball... Inside a busy box, actually. I think he's probably just there or thereabouts on the edge. He looked up and floats the ball beautifully over Walker and into the back of the net. 
to make it 4-3 and to send the fans absolutely berserk. So, Ken, tell right. us about that goal then, because obviously you was in that stand. Was it like a slow Correct. motion moment? When it, it was. was a ball? I oh, bet it very was. much so. Yeah. Very much so. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, it was... It's surreal. It's actually very surreal. Just thinking about it even now, how surreal it is to watch it. You see the ball and you want... you. you you can't. Go on, go on, you you, go you can't tell. Is it going to yeah, drop yeah. enough? Is it the right distance? Is it on the right line? And then when it hits the back of the net, when Dave's using his instinct, it, it's literally yeah, always, yeah, always yeah, a goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, Instinctively yeah, for yeah, him, it's, that's, it's an instinct for him. But for us, amazing. we don't know better. Yeah. Oh, and then now we have and when it hits absolute. No, oh, it's. Because that was like 90 plus one or 90 plus two. So then we just sort of obviously Correct. then running Correct. the clock down Correct. after that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And I was like jumping around uh, my house listening to that. Oh, I think I believe Matt it. shrilled again uh, with Dave Victor. Couldn't quite believe it either. A, late, a bit of late drama. Was that probably one of, well, I guess it is probably one of the highest points since you've been at Leighton Orient in terms of being at a match, watching a last minute winner after throwing away a free goal lead. Being in the away end, yeah, I know you've got some other highlights, but that must be must be up there so far. Yeah, there's I've I've had a few so far. I've had a few great moments in or, at Orient, and and fortunately for me, more more great moments than really horrible moments. So, but yeah, it's one of them. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you, David Mooney, by the way. Brilliant. <laughs> thank you, David Mooney. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I'll let you say it. I walking know how much you love him. You know, walking in a Mooney Wonderland <laughs> sings out to joke. Have you had the chance at singing yet in the, in the um, Orient stand? I may, have, I may have been a part of the singing group on that one. <laughs> Brilliant. So the final minutes were played out. Full time whistle goes, and our journey to Wembley is still on. So follow my predicament. I said about at least four episodes ago that I think we're going to win yeah, this trophy. Yeah, you maintain that. And I'll see you at Wembley fair. and I'll say, told you so when we get there. So, so we'd won the game and Justin Edinburgh spoke to Dave Victor after and through Dave Victor's sweets he said, nothing we didn't deserve today. Some real positives but a lot of problems of our own making. We looked assured and we looked a threat. We became complacent and it's very frustrating. We've got goals on us but lapses in concentration hurt us. So I thought they were three good goals but it's good to see Justin take it from the other side so look, you know, we've crossed ourselves here today and I'm sure he'll be at that training ground tomorrow analysing those goals with everyone and the defenders and trying to put those wrongs right. If he hasn't already been an- analysing uh, them already, no doubt. So my views on that, we only do things the hard way, don't we? Uh, we've had a three-goal lead and we've gone and thrown it away, but Bon had three good chances uh, but missed them before Dover had their two chances in just two minutes and scored them to change the outlook of the game. Thankfully, Super David Mooney, who hasn't had the best of seasons, scored and put us through. And I think Dave deserved that because a lot of the grunt work that he's been doing in the games that he has played and the the dirty work hasn't yeah. really sort of been particularly recognised. I heard a lot on Ozone commentary about Ebu Adams making a great impact, which is great to hear. A lot of great passing range that he has as well. However, it doesn't really matter about how well we've played all it matters is that we are through to the corner quarterfinals of the FA Trophy and our Wembley dream is still very much yeah, alive. like it. For me, delighted. But I've been saying we're going to win the trophy, so I truly expected to win. You know, win that Mooney, win that Mooney, Mooney photo popped up as goal. I just gave myself a little smile. <laughs> Looked up to there and <laughs> go on, Dave. Uh, after being 3-0, you know, we all thought we were home and dry, but to be honest, when you're 3-0 up, you should never be getting to the 90th minute at 3-0. Great to see another goal for George. Sounds like Bond's goal with a cracker. and could see Harold getting a goal as well. Um, at this point, you're thinking, what a great day. But, you know, little did we know, 30 minutes later, we'd be all square again. But cue David Mooney. It's what he does. You know, loves to lob the keeper. 
we've all seen like previous goals that he's done and just another one to add to the Mooney collection. You know, good to come through this tie. It was one of the hardest ties we could have got in the draw further. Yeah, well, away to Dover and we've come yeah. through it. Kudos to the travelling fans who are outstanding again. And another win. So again, good for confidence, good for Justin, good for everyone. So all in all, a great day. But next time, can we just have a 1-0 please? Yeah, we'll take that all day long. So those were our views and we had obviously quite a lot of response again. So just going to read out a few of these. Dan underscore Dylan one just sang Wembley, Wembley, we're the famous Leighton Orient and we're going to Wembley. Okay. Wembley. At Bradley Acker's 95, says that only Orient can take a 3-1 lead with nine minutes to go and nearly blow it. But a win is a win and now we're only three more wins until the final. It's always good to have a cup run and it's great to see Mooney on the score sheet again. Now on to the next league game. At El Coado said, nice to be in the quarterfinals of a cup competition. Also, so happy for Mooney. Gets lots of unnecessary stick, which I would be yeah, inclined to agree with. At Vince Howard, 73, says, Bono's Mooney a beer or two. Too many <laughs> wasted chances from Bond today that would have put us out of sight. Saying that, though, a cracking result and it keeps our season alive. Yeah, London Gary W said, Phew, glad I can breathe again. Doesn't matter how you do it, a win is a win. We score four goals against the best defence in our league away from home and we are in the next round. Can't all be bad. That's a really good point, London Gary. Very good point. Frank Haynes says, Typical Orient, always making it hard for ourselves, but today just shows the change in attitude Justin Edinburgh has brought into the club. Can't be letting three goals slip. As long as you win cup games, the score does not matter. Buzzing for Mooney, he loves this club and a fitting match winner. That's props. I hadn't read that tweet before, but that for me is an outstanding tweet and there's a yeah. lot of good points in there. A lot of yeah. good points. Kevin Cowland tweeted in saying, a great result and I'm delighted for Moons. Would be great if we could get to Wembley and he scores the winner in the final. He's such an intelligent player when utilised properly and doesn't deserve the stick he gets from some. And those legend. Mate, David Mooney from the halfway line at Wembley in the 92nd minute to win the FA Trophy. Let's, you let's, heard it here first. Let's get there first. Let's get there Tobias first. Lampy. And just 1-0, right? Yeah, yeah. A nil nil defence. That's your 1 0. That's your 1 0. Okay. <laughs> Toby Slamdy says, absolutely delighted. We as fans deserve something to shout about, and this cup run has allowed us to regain optimism for the first time in a long while. Long mate, continue. Come on, you O's. Yeah, Trevor Gibling said, ultimately deserved the win and show character to get fourth after losing th a three-goal lead. Thought Clay and Adams did well in midfield. Yeah, at Pandemonium 1881. says, for the third time in a row, the cup run is about the result. At times, we looked very comfortable on the ball, doing the simple things and taking a commanding lead to let it slip. They were scandalous, but sublime finish from Mooney, and we are in that hat. Yeah, at Granger's 0-1 said, we really didn't make it easy for ourselves, but what a game. So happy that it was Mooney with the winner, and what a way to see the game out even though we had so many chances before to be comfortable. Thought midfield was strong and thought Matt Harold had his best game for us today. Good point about Harold there and a good point about yeah. the midfield. LOFC Chaz agrees and says Abu Adams was the best player on the pitch today. Superb and didn't shy away from tackles. Superb performance. Reminds me of a Vincelo Dawson type of player. But attacks as well. I look forward to seeing Adams next Saturday then because obviously I've not seen him in the two away games. So looking forward to that one. Yep. Strong 043 said, along with all the excitement about today's game, has anyone noticed, if I'm not mistaken, we've now gone two games without a booking? Yeah, good point. That's a really good point actually, yeah. yeah. At Leighton underscore Ears says, midfield pairing were excellent. Adams is the full package it seems. He tackles, he passes, he does the dirty work. So Clay can play his natural more attacking game. Seven goals conceded in the last three games is a concern, though. Yeah, and the final word this week goes to Atlen M4, who said, throwing away a 3-0 lead only for Mooney to finally manage to score 
uh, from lobbing their keeper. This football club is something else. I thought that was a great tweet. To end superb end tweet to end on. So thank yeah. you very all good. your tweets. Those were all tweets that came in after the match to at Orient Outlook. So you can send us your tweets at any time of the day. It doesn't have to be after the match. It can be during, before, any time you like. Yeah, prediction league update then. Unsurprisingly, nobody predicted this result correctly. So, top of the prediction league as is follows. I will say, is as follows. At Kid Sampson O predicted four four, so he almost got it right. So poor wow. all prediction, but wasn't to be. Uh, so Bill Johnson, Bill underscore Johnson UK tops the league still, uh, although his points have increased to 23 points following his correct prediction and scorer against Halifax. Uh, Lawton Gamps is on 18 points and Samuel LOFC is in third place on nine. Uh, sorry, Samuel LOFC 97 is in third on 15 points. So well done, everybody. Yep. So Sunday, the 4th of February, which takes us to today, the ladies team were in league action at home to Luton, were uncharacteristically beaten. You wrote that word as well. I did. Well, it auto, it auto correct. Right, okay. It, but I, I had planned to spell it. So, can you at that game? Just a quick brief overview of that one. Hard day at the office. Yeah. yeah. Hard day at the office. We they they played very well, and we were not at the top of our game, and those two uh, don't mix well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the ladies made a step up this season. Have done superbly well to be where they're at. Well, they're still they're still second. Blip. They're still second in the table. Yeah. They sit second in the table, and Luton was fifth coming into today. So, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, good, no. Good, good luck to the ladies. Both then. good. Both good. Both good sides. Yep. Yep. All okay. Right. So let's round this up then. So fancy football update at the time of recording. Sarah Garlic leads our fancy football league, but that could all change with tomorrow night's game, which is Chelsea uh, at Watford. Yep. Uh, Steve, you've jumped up sixteen places by the looks of this to forty fifth. Forty fifth. So all to play for. Decent. Top finish for me is what I'm aiming for after Decent. my horrendous start. So we'll see what happens. So moving on into positives and negatives of the week. So I'll do the positives. If you do negatives, yeah, go for yeah. it. So positives first of all, won two games in a week. So not only to you know have the wonderful Mr Kent T here, we've also talked about two wonderful wins. Yeah. Secondly, through to the next round of the FA Trophy and you know a cup. I truly believe we can and mm-hmm. we will win because Sutton went out as well. They'd be a strong one for it, and they went out yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, so. I think Bromley is still in it. Um, Bromley, us, East Thurrock. Division below, I think. Who's the other five? I can't think. No idea. I've not looked. Uh, And lastly, six goals in two games this week, including two for Bon, who is now on 18 goals for the season. And Ella Kobe has now scored two goals in three games for Mackinac Corner. So I think a negative about three weeks ago was we weren't scoring enough. And now it's a positive. Probably the negative of that is we're now conceding more when we weren't. So. Good positives there. So negatives? Yeah. Negatives this week. Obviously thrown away a three-goal lead on Saturday. Yep. Conceding four goals in two games, as you've just mentioned, leaking goals at the back, and obviously uh, James Dayton's injury. Yep, so here of the week then. So we couldn't decide this one, so we let you guys decide on Twitter via a poll from our nominees. So we listed Ebu Adams, George Elikobi, McCauley Bond, and David Mooney. Had a lots of varying tweets come into us at LK 52 says... <laughs> It has to be Mooney to do that in stoppage time is pure class. Yeah, Paul Wee underscore UK says, Hart says Dave Mooney, but Head says Ebu Adams. Immense midfield performance today. Right, so let's get to it then. So we had 381 votes. So thank you to everyone who voted in a short space, I think of about 22 hours. In fourth place, Macaulay Bonner, only 9%. I thought Macaulay had a decent week scoring two goals in two games, but that yeah. was not deemed good enough. No. By our followers. Third place, so quite a gap though. George Elakobi comes in in third with 25% of the vote. Yeah, and you couldn't split second and first at all. So we have joint winners. So the joint winners are 
Yep, David Mooney and Ebu Adams. Yeah, so well done, boys. In at thirty-three percent. So fantastic Each. result there. So well done to David and to Ebu. And again, thank you for all your votes. Yep. So next week's fixtures. We've just got the one fixture to talk about next week as uh, we've got a difficult one uh, as we welcome Tranmere Rovers to Brisbane Road. Tranmere are currently fourth in the National League and just two points from the top of the table after beating Ebbsfleet three 0 at home yesterday. This is sure to be a difficult match and Tranmere will bring a large crowd. So if you're going, don't forget to sing up for the Orient. And if you see us, don't be shy. Do come and say hello. Yeah, for me, I think, I've, well, I've noted it here that I actually want Tranmere after next Saturday to go and win the league to get them out of the division. Because I think next season, if they're not out of this league, there'll be a big competition for us. So I'd quite like them to be out of this league for next season. You know, in terms of their support, their fan base, their ground. I think they're the only team who really are on a level with us so I'd quite like them after Rex, Saturday Wrexham have a big sort of fan following do. don't they well let's get Wrexham and Tramer up this season and then hopefully two smaller clubs come down from League 2 Barnet and Forest Green at the minute isn't it I think I think Forest Green are doing alright Barnet look like they're definitely <coughs> going to come down but we'll see on that one so Kent you won't be here for that one because you are flying home tomorrow tomorrow morning, morning yeah I go home tomorrow morning but you get to watch it at home or listen into it at home, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely get to listen into it over Ozone and, and the BBC feed. So, yeah. Uh, sometimes we see the games and sometimes we don't. Uh, it just depends on if we can if we can get a way to see them. Mm-hmm. But via, via kind of a closed circuit type thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And sure. I'm sure yeah. you've already got your return ticket to London booked already. No, I don't. Actually, it depends on the draw tomorrow oh, okay. at 1 o'clock. Uh, so... We had a game scheduled on the 24th at home. Torquay, yeah. Yeah, that was the game I was coming to. So now we'll see how the draw goes. If we draw again away, who knows, I might come in just for the uh, away anyway. You know, you know he's know coming me? in. He wants the away. I actually like the away. Um, I actually like the aways because I learn a lot about uh, other clubs and, and, and how they work and the grounds and, and all that kind of stuff. So... You know, it's fun. I think it's that an away fun. tie could possibly benefit us in this trophy as opposed to a home tie, um, depending on who we draw. But like Kent said, the draw for this one is tomorrow at 1pm live on TalkSport, so make sure you listen. As Kent said, our game scheduled for Saturday 24th of February against Torquay United at home will definitely be arranged following that one. So that's it. So thank you for joining us for episode 131. It's been a fantastic week for the O's on and off the pitch with two away wins which saw our team pull away from the relegation zone by beating Halifax and progress to the quarterfinals of the FA Trophy by beating Dover. We also added to the squad on transfer deadline day with the signings of Marvin Ekpetita and James Brophy which will not only strengthen the squad for the rest of the season with the arrival of James but will pay real dividends next season when Marvin joins up with the team. The only real negative from this week is that James Dayton looks set to miss the rest of the season so like I've already said we wish James a speedy recovery there amid a loud sigh there from Mr. Yeah. Kenty. Thank you for joining us Kent. Thanks Absolutely. for giving up your Sunday evening to be with us here. Always really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, safe journey home to you tomorrow as well. We're going to be back with episode number 132 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review, and a special thanks to BB Baderni for our latest review on iTunes. Yeah, it's if not you're... a name I recognise, but no, nope. it's there. Five stars again, so thank you, BB. Yeah, love that. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, 
add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. And if you have an older relative or loved one who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them or just help them out however you can. Yeah, so obviously it's time for your normal weekly mug reminder. We have mugs for sale that you can drink your lovely teas and coffees in or hot chocolates or whatever you'd like to drink out of them. They are £7 for one, £12 for two. What do you think of yours? <laughs> well, it's fantastic. I have uh, pictures of my wife uh, drinking coffee in with her mug uh, from Dallas, uh, which you guys have seen. Yeah, and uh, and no, it's it's great. Um, we'll we'll be we'll be talking more about the mugs. Uh, they are fantastic. I'd like to add one positive. I think Go over for the it. last, you know, since I've been here over the last two weeks, again. We have a reputation uh, now that we have tremendous fan support. Uh, the you know the Aldershot directors were extremely impressed, and and we were impressed with the number of fans that they brought uh, last Saturday. And then to have the situation that we had at Halifax, which was unfortunate, but then to go ahead and take 133 on a very long night to go up there and to come back. It was, you know, that type of support. And then, of course, uh, at Dover, much closer to get there, uh, pretty easy, go down in the morning, come back uh, late afternoon. Uh, it, and, and, but it's still uh, just amazing to us as a club um, that, that we have so much fan support. Mm-hmm. So, we re- so I think one of our positives and I know that our side agrees with this, Justin agrees with this, that our fans provide an energy and a spark for our club and for our players that they really enjoy. And that's why you're seeing that interaction between the players and the fans after the game. Um, so it's uh, after these games. So to me, that's one of our big positive as a club is that we uh, you know, continue to be very well supported uh, even though we are certainly not where we want to be uh, in the table. And just to pick up on that, I think a great thing is is in terms of engagement, and we haven't mentioned it, is the Starman uh, Awards, yeah. which I think there is still space uh, available. You're April. coming over. Oh, yeah, You're we'll going to be, be here. That's on the day of the AGM, well, the obviously. So, AGM, yeah. yeah, so I think there's still space available. So speak to Linda and Simon mm-hmm. at the Supporters Club. I think it's £40 a ticket. Yeah. Uh, twen- Sunday the 29th of April. Yeah, sorry, sure, we yeah. forgot to plug that earlier. Yep, so don't forget to buy your mugs. Kent, again, a massive thank you for coming on. Always appreciated and any time. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Fantastic. Never a chore. So to everyone listening, we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, have a great week. Keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.